Everything is real. I'm Natalie B. I'm Drew Toothpaste. And today we're going to talk about how crystal skulls are real. I mean, this is going to be the end of the episode. It's 100% true. Crystal skulls are real. They're crystal. They're skulls. What is there not to like? <laughs> right. They're obviously real. Uh, but you know, are they an illusion? Are they a hologram? Are they a simulation? What does it mean to be a crystal skull? <laughs> What does it mean to be a crystal skull? And what is it like to be a crystal skull? But specifically, we're not just talking about any crystal skulls. We're not talking about, you know, weekend at the Rock and Gem show downtown. Right. We're talking about mystical crystal skulls. We're talking about the crystal skulls. They're famous ones. They have weird powers. They might be real. I mean, they are real. You can go to the museum and see them. Uh, they exist. Yeah, right, right. So the ones we're talking about, though, today, crystal skulls are beautiful skulls that are carved out of quartz. And they say that they are pre-Columbian Mesoamerican artifacts. And they are thought to have mystical and paranormal powers. People who've had these skulls in their possession have said that all kinds of crazy stuff happens with the skulls. Okay. Like they are healing and they have great power and they light up and they talk to you. All kinds of weird shit. That is everything I would want from a skull. <laughs> right. I want a skull that talks to me. I think the closest I've ever gotten is when you walk up to a house on Halloween and then the skull starts moving its jaw and it goes, ooh. <laughs> yeah, you know that one. Right, yeah. And he starts shaking around. Yeah, yeah. That one. Yeah, can't beat it. <laughs> now, I mean, before we get into how mystical these skulls are, I gotta say that aesthetically you really can't beat a crystal skull. No, the skull is the ultimate memento mori. Right. You have one, but it's never a good day when you see it. Yeah. A lot of people say, well, you know, humans open their mouth and show you their bones. But if you're a garbage brain head, you know, going back in the archives, we had an episode about teeth. Your teeth aren't actually bones. Right, they're different. People will say they're bones just because they're hard and white. Not the same, baby. So it's chalk, baby. It doesn't mean it's bones. <laughs> A while ago, and this has been a something persistent I have thought about. I, I've thought about this for an extended amount of time. Quite a while ago on the Garbage Brain Discord, some of our friends in there were posting videos of people eating chalk. You might think, oh, a teacher is getting funky and snaps the chalk off and starts chewing it up. No, there are people who will go up to these chalk cliffs and just gnaw on them. Mm -hmm. I've just been thinking about it, the sound. Right, right. We talked about that, and we talked about the people who get pika and they will buy clay. Because I've run across those people on the internet just being someone who deals with clay, is that sometimes you'll run across these people who want these pieces of dried out clay and they chew it up instead of using it to make something. Yeah. That can't be good for your teeth, unless you had quartz teeth like a crystal skull. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it'd be worse. I don't actually know anything about quartz, but the episode is still young. <laughs> I mean, quartz is a pretty hard mineral. Right, right. So, do you want me to tell you about this skull? Like the main skull? Absolutely. So there's one in particular that really blew up the crystal skull game, right? It was the most gorgeous one. I've seen pictures of it. I admit, I watched the episode of Ancient Aliens about the crystal skulls, and I saw the skull in the video of that show, and it was beautiful, okay? So, in 1924, Frederick Mitchell Hedges, who is a British explorer, brought his daughter to Belize with him, and they were doing some kind of excavation on the Yucatan Peninsula, and they were at a Mayan pyramid, and his daughter reached in and found 
like some cloth wrapped around on a thing and she pulled it out and it was the crystal skull and it was a gorgeous like big crystal skull and the jaw is like detached and fits Mm -hmm. perfectly it's gorgeous and so being british people what did they do took it they stole it they didn't even take that thing to the museum they kept it for themselves that's how cool it was Now, I'm being unfair. British people are lovely. I'm just saying the history of British quote, 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 exploration. Right. At the time that they did this, this was in the 20s, Belize is now a sovereign nation. Belize was called the British Honduras. (laughs) So, of course, you could take a little boat down there. Go dig around in an ancient Mayan pyramid and take whatever you wanted. Right. Which, honestly, when it comes to going into pyramids and taking shit out of pyramids, you could not pay me any amount to do it. You will fucking get cursed. Right. You will. I'm too cautious. And it's not like, I don't even have any kind of specific belief of what would happen if you looted a pyramid. But I just, oh, it gives me a... Heavy feeling. It's bad vibes. Like, you know, you can tell when you're doing something wrong. You don't need someone to tell you. I'm anti-government in the sense that I don't think that the government needs to exist and tell us how to behave. Because if you are a human being, you know what you can and can't do. Right? Mm-hmm. You know if you go somewhere where ancient peoples had buried their dead and buried their dead with all of the things they needed for the afterlife, you know that's not for you. Yeah. But you're going to go and pick out the coolest thing and just take it right into your house. (laughs) Now, look, if you're on vacation on the Yucatan Peninsula, which is something Americans do, and you're drinking coconuts down by the beach and you stumble across a funky little rock or a cool, I don't know, arrowhead or something. I don't know what they have. They have arrowheads around here, so I'm imagining that's what you find worldwide. Sure. You find a little arrowhead, fine. It was just on the beach. There's many other arrowheads in Mexico. It's okay. Right. It was not specifically crafted. (laughs) It was not a gorgeous crystal skull that was crafted with fantastic precision and hidden in the heart of a pyramid. Yeah, if you have to do Indiana Jones shit to steal something that memorializes the death of an ancient man. (laughs) Yeah. Just think twice. Right. That's all we're saying. Right. And even if that action does not cause something bad to happen to you directly, even if picking up the crystal skull doesn't make a giant spiked ball swing down from the ceiling and pelt you in the head, even if that doesn't happen... Like, you have to live with yourself as being the grave robber with the graven goods in your home. Like, you're a shit, you're a shit person if you have that kind of stuff kicking around your house. And I mean, I have known people who have done far less and had an object that was even, you know, mildly cursed. And once they figured out that they had a cursed object, they were like, uh... You know what? I fucked up. I took a cursed object from somewhere that has mystical powers. I'm going to go put it back and I'm going to be fine. Right. You know, we have a really cool life, though, when we know like more than one person who's on that shit. (laughs) Hurry up. Chuck it back in the hole where you found it, man. (laughs) Run. (laughs) And this is why. So in the Northeast United States, there's all kinds of deposits of granite, especially in Vermont. We were in Vermont last year and I saw some big, beautiful white lumps of granite in the forest 
in the forest. And I was like, that's beautiful. And my first thought was like, wow, I mean, I could take that. I found a free piece of granite. We don't have granite at home. Right. <laughs> I would love a beautiful piece of granite. Little white granite with like these. Black veins. Yeah. These black veins streaking through it. A little tiny bit of really nice looking healthy moss on it. Perfect. And then I was like, yeah, but there might be some spirits in this woods. <laughs> right. That might not be my granite. I, I don't really want to light up the mushroom man. <laughs> you know, the Vermont gnome. <laughs> Do they have a pig man? They have a pig man there. <laughs> I mean, everywhere has some people that are going to punish you if you take something nice from the woods. So I just left it. Right. And of course, that is the right thing to do. But I will also say that finding a little hunk of granite in the woods in Vermont, that's like the standard rock there. That is just like the rock you find in the woods. Oh, it totally is. It's like, <laughs> it would be like walking through Billy Jenkins State Park in central Ohio and be like, I better not take this limestone. <laughs> but still, I get that feeling in a normal woods with a normal rock. Like, I can't imagine. I swear to God. If I was in the woods with Nona and I turn around and she's holding the crystal skull, I'd be like, you put that down. Turn around, put it down. Right now. Take a picture and leave it. <laughs> Where'd you get that? Do you get that from a hollow stump covered in fucking runes? Where'd you get that? Uh, uh, you know, I would be a little tempted with the crystal skull, though. If I found one in Ohio, which I heard that they did find one in the Serpent Mound. If I found a crystal skull like in the yard, I'd be tempted to keep it. Now, okay, if you found a crystal skull in your yard. Yeah. Like if we had an old rotten out tree and we had the landscapers come and cut the tree down and then there was a crystal skull in the stump, that's mine. Mm. That's my skull. Um, Yeah, you know what? It would be your skull, but I'd probably want, you know, like a little free library. I'd probably want to put one of those outside and put the skull in it. I would just, like, do some woo-woo stuff over the skull and clean it off, and I'd bring it in. That's my skull. Yeah. There's a burial mound close to the house. I would not accept a skull from there. Oh, no. No, there's a burial mound right across the river. I want no gifts from inside that mound. <laughs> I know I've mentioned this before, but there's a 20-foot-tall burial mound that was... Best we can tell, it was made by the Adena people in central Ohio, somewhere in the range of one to 2,000 years ago. My favorite thing is we went there, and it, it's just a mound, but it's that people made this with their hands, and this was something ancient. This is before, you know, the Europeans were here. It was before America was America. And somebody left a one-star Google review and said it's just a hill. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think it was going to be, jerk? It's a burial mound. Everything good's underneath it. It's not a bar. <laughs> it's not a burial bar. You can't right. get beers there, brother. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So this skull that these motherfuckers found was about five inches tall, seven inches long, and five inches wide. And like I said before, the lower jaw detached. All of the teeth are carved beautifully. It's really they did a good job. If you want to look it up, it's called the Mitchell Hedges skull. Right. 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 I'm sure we'll put it in our image for this episode, but. They had people check this skull out. In the 1970s, there was an art restorer named Frank Dorland who inspected it. Because what happened was that the guy had the skull, and then he died, and he passed it on to his daughter, and she kept it to herself for a while, and then she let this art restorer check it out. And he said that it had been carved without the use of metal tools, and suggested that it was probably carved with diamond chisels. 
And in order to get the detail without destroying the structure of the quartz crystals, they would have had to polish it with sand for about 300 years. Wow, okay. So he was saying there's no way for you to really get something that's that detailed out of a piece of quartz unless you did some crazy shit, right? But what do you know about the, the structure of quartz? Can you dig a little eye socket out of it without disrupting it too much? I mean, if you did it carefully enough, sure you could. Sure you could. I mean, quartz has a regular structure. It is a crystal. Yeah. It's not amorphous. Right. I mean, I don't off the top of my head know the structure for quartz. It's like probably like silicon, aluminum. I heard that it's not organic, so you can't carbon date it. That's one of the problems with the crystal skulls is that they cannot tell how old they are because there is no carbon in it to date. Yeah, and so carbon dating works by analyzing the ratios of the isotopes of carbon. Because carbon, if you are to imagine that molecules are real then carbon has a certain number of particles in the nucleus of it, and you can measure how many of one versus how many of the other there are. Right. But if there's no carbon, you can't do that. There's no aluminum dating. Right. So I heard that the words on the street is mostly silica, so you can't really date it or anything like that. There are Native American legends that say that there are 13 ancient crystal skulls with movable jaws and that they are able to speak and sing with supernatural powers. And the legends also say that they can reveal knowledge on the nature of existence and both the past and present of human life in the universe. And humanity has to develop spiritually to the point of being able to accept the responsibility and the information of the crystal skulls. But it would be something that would help with the continued existence of humanity if they were able to do that. Okay. So there's 13 crystal skulls. Right. All sprinkled around. But you have to reunite them you have to find them and reunite them one of the things i learned on ancient aliens <laughs> the one-stop shop for the truth was that <laughs> <laughs> there are 13 crystal skulls 12 of them represent the 12 planets you say that it was the 12 planets where human beings live i'm gonna go with that and that the 13th is an extra an extra skull yeah that you have to combine all of the skulls together and they form like Voltron to create some kind of mega supercomputer. And the 13th skull is like a backup, but the individual skulls all have like pieces of information from mm -hmm. their respective planets, right? Like uh, fragments of a RAR file that you download from a pirate site, and then you have to assemble. <laughs> right? You have to assemble them all to get your MP4. Well, I don't understand the 13th one. Like, if you have the one that's a backup that has all the information, just find the 13th one. I mean, I would imagine, because we're talking about something cosmic here, I would imagine that it's like probably fractal, like a fragment contains the whole. Right. In a fractal, right. And maybe they needed 13 for some kind of like numerological reason. Have you seen the little text message guy? It's the text message guy with like a hat and he's got a hand and he's got feet. And then some of them he has a big dick. Yeah. And it's just like, can I have the guy? I'm mad at someone. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then you can paste the guy and it's made up of all the little emojis. Right, right. I imagine it's like that and there's 12 of them and they just make a little stick figure, you know, like two for his arms, two for his backbone, two for his legs, two for his feet, and then one skull because you need one for the head. That's number 13. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's going to be the cover image for this episode. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> can I have the Mesoamerican skulls? I'm mad at someone. <laughs> 
So, yeah, so you have to collect them all, which seems hard when you're talking about them being hidden all over the world. And so what I had read was that one of the legends... These are really hard to come by because, as we've noted, this entire culture was wiped out by Europeans. Mm -hmm. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, you know, they probably sailed over here. Probably all they wanted to do was laugh at them for not having health insurance. Right, right. (laughs) But so it's hard to tell what their original culture and stuff was like because also a lot of European traditions are written down and the traditions of a lot of Native American, Mesoamerican cultures are oral traditions. Right. And something that a buddy of mine pointed out the other day was we were looking at this guy, I believe he was from Greenland, and he was talking about Europe and going and looking at European culture. Actually, he had a viral post, and it was him in the British Museum looking at a bunch of, like, Inuit or Native Greenland, like, Arctic-type stuff in the British Museum, and he's like, I'm checking my stuff out. (laughs) But what my buddy pointed out is he said, you know, the Europeans have this written tradition and what this allows for, and we're going to talk about this later too, what this allows for is for somebody to create a narrative and then use their power to push that narrative. Mm -hmm. When a tradition is oral and the tradition is decentralized among the people, the truth of what actually happens gets passed down from everybody to everybody so you don't have a centralized narrative that's being printed in books and distributed. Right, and if you do it like that, and you have an oral tradition where people are passing down knowledge like that, it is less likely that you will have one person decide that they're going to lie and change the story to meet their own ends because they would have to convince everybody to go along with the story. Whereas you could be like, I'm the guy who wrote it down. The version that's written down is the one that's real because that's superior to an oral tradition. And that's the end of the conversation. The line they always take is, well, people can change an oral tradition. Haven't you ever played telephone before? But you can write down one piece of misinformation convincingly and send it all around the world and people will believe it. Right, right. People have this, it's probably because of computers, but... I remember when computers started becoming a thing when I was a child, and there was nothing more impressive than when someone turned in a paper and it was printed off of the computer instead of being handwritten. It makes it seem so much more official. It makes it seem like it's legitimate, whereas your report that you did is not. Your report is the product of a child's hand. My report is the product of superior technology. Yeah, right. Technological advancement. This is, this is the message of the gods. Like, someone definitely vetted this. It's official. That's just what you get when you're a kid, like, looking at homework assignments. Like, I feel like it extends. If you could type it out in Times New Roman, people will believe it. Now think about if you have hundreds and thousands of monks copying this in beautiful, perfect handwriting with illuminated illustrations. Mm -hmm. There's no way that's not real. Right, right. We'll just leave out all the Gnostic books. This shit sucks. (laughs) Leave out the shit where Jesus was doing magic. I don't like that part. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jesus killed some other kid. No, no. <laughs> out of here. We'll talk about the Gnostics at some point. There's some good stuff in there. If you'd like to hear about the hidden books of the Bible. We'll condense it down into an hour for you. <laughs> 
hop into the Discord if you're not already a member, patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity, and let us know, hey, I'd like to know all of the hidden knowledge of the Bible. I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> right. Coming right up. <laughs> so the Mesoamerican cultures, like the Mayans and the Aztecs, had a relatively advanced civilization, and they achieved it in a relatively short period of time. They had cosmology and were able to predict events like eclipses so far in the future that some of our solar eclipses that we are experiencing now were in their records. Yeah. So these guys were like no slouches. They were very smart guys, right? People always like to be like, oh, guys, they weren't that smart. No, they were absolutely wait- they were smarter than us. I can't tell you when the next eclipse is and I have a computer on my lap. <laughs> you know, the only things we were taught about the Inca, the Aztecs, and the Mayans when I was in school was that they would cut off someone's head and play basketball with it. That's what I knew about them too, yeah. Now, why would they pick that out? You have a culture that has relatively advanced technology. You have a culture with a strong artistic tradition. You have a culture that has relatively advanced architecture, right? Mm-hmm. So they had a reason to demean these cultures and say, well, they just kill people and play basketball with their heads. (laughs) They have a reason to demean this culture. You see this pattern again and again. Well, the reason that these cultures get discounted and demeaned is because they are not white cultures. Absolutely. And so that is why there's always so much veiled racism Not even veiled, just racism involved in like so much of the archaeology stuff. Well, and you know, they'll pull up stuff and you got to keep in mind, people were making these these things by hand and these cultures don't go back two or three hundred years. A lot of Central and South American cultures, we're talking thousands of Mm -hmm. years. And also a lot of their art is weirdly similar to some stuff you see in Asia and the Middle East. We've talked about this before, but it has to be mentioned. Right. They're making the same figurines with the same facial features. There are a ton of similarities in their sculptures. You know, we can dig this shit up and find it, and it looks like something in Cambodia. Right. Well, I think that, you know, how much of it is sour grapes, because it's obvious that there was some ancient civilizations who were trading with each other and communicating with each other and sharing information whether they were doing it on their own by traveling on boats or or what method they were using they were obviously mingling and leaving the white folks out yeah absolutely absolutely there were relatively advanced cultures that had nothing to do with white culture because white culture back then was not really much to write home about You know, the Roman Empire was an expansionist empire. The Roman Empire gained its strength by just continuing to expand. And one of the theories for why the Roman Empire fell apart in a nutshell is that they ran out of shit to steal. Right, right. And the same thing happened to the British Empire. Right. It's almost like this is a pattern. If you expect endless expansion, then you will be sorely disappointed. Is it lesson to be learned. Now, thankfully, we don't live... In an era where everything is hanging on the edge of the cliff and the only thing that continually pulls us back from the edge of the cliff, you know, rocks just dropping off into nothingness as we inch backward from certain doom, is that our exponential growth will continue forever. (laughs) 
<laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to see how rich we all are in the future. <laughs> so if you're wondering what the parallel is to modern times, I would say, wait and see. <laughs> There are some authors and paranormal researchers who have claimed that the crystal structure of the skulls are able to record the energy and vibration that takes place around them. And they claim that they can physically record the history of the planet and can display or transmit recollections of the people who have interacted with the skulls. I also heard that you can hold one and you can use it to like get your vibes and sync with the crystal skull and then do an out-of-body experience. Out-of-body anywhere or just only into the skull? You leave your body with the power of the skull. <laughs> okay. Something that's striking to me about this is that this is the power of gray skull and then putting all the skulls together is like Voltron. I'm right. starting to see like where the 80s got their ideas from. Right, right. So these manufacturers are digging all this ancient shit out of the ground. And they're like, this could be a TV show. I always think about all of the elements in esotericism, like water, fire, air, earth, spirit. And I'm always like, that's like Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> Normal. <laughs> Whenever I do my tarot cards, I always read my dignity. And so I base my placement of my cards based on like the cards around it, right? And so it always feels like I'm playing Pokemon. Like, oh, that wands cards next to a bunch of water cards. Loser. <laughs> <laughs> so it, on the surface saying that... If you have a crystal and it is responding to the energy in the room, on the surface, that is, I mean, we've all been trained to say, yeah, okay, grandma. <laughs> of course it is. It's very much like I have an aunt who lives in New Mexico and she believes the crystals are healing her. Right. But when you start to look at this, and I'm not saying literally that you can take any crystal and hold it up to your head and gain powers. You have to understand we're talking about nuance here. Mm -hmm. And this is something that people are extraordinarily bad at, is nuance. Can you hold a crystal up to your head and think about Taco Bell and get healed? Probably not. Is there information in a crystal? Yes. Right. Yeah. There, there are trillions of bits of information in a crystal could a crystal be a shard of reality that encapsulates all the information that is in all of reality as a fractal yeah unfortunately and that's pretty weird right but also you can use quartz they have quartz chips where you can store information as well i mean quartz is used in modern technology right right it's like pretty common actually and so does quartz resonate at a precise frequency? Absolutely. In early computers, and I don't know exactly what's used for the clocks these days. I, I don't do any kind of computer hardware shit. I don't know about any of this. But the way you would clock a computer is you would have a quartz crystal. And it would be a tiny piece of crystal. It would just be a piece of quartz. And you would send a current through it and it would resonate at a certain frequency. You'd have a quartz crystal resonating at one megahertz and this would provide a clock signal for like an old apple or some right. a commodore some computer like that and there are lots of old pieces of technology like the dialer when touchtone phones came out you know beep up 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 when those came out they had quartz crystals to calibrate the tone because that was the easiest way to ensure that the tones were stable across every phone and every exchange mm -hmm. across the country. And so 
quartz does have vibrational frequencies, which again sounds like your crystal amp, but it's true. <laughs> That's the thing with all of this is that people misuse terms. And so you might be led to think, well, crystals don't vibrate, but they fucking do vibrate. That's the main thing that they do. Right. They have energy and they are locked in this form and them self-assembling into this regular lattice of different ions is a way for them to achieve a lower energy state. They vibrate when they're energized and they like bang up against each other and the individual ions in the crystal lattice move. That's not psycho shit. Each one of those ions has bits of information that represent its electron spin. They represent you know, it's quantum state, whether it's, you know, entangled with something. Mm -hmm. If you had a piece of quartz in your hand the size of a crystal skull, you would be holding literally trillions, if not quadrillions of bits of information. And so it is not implausible that you could have an immense amount of information contained in the physical structure of a crystal skull. Right, right. When you consider that your little fucking telephone does everything for you. It tells you where to go. You put your schedule in it. It wakes you up in the morning. You play your music on it on the way to work. You type on it. You text with people and you do your fucking apps. You do all this all day long. And this has, you know, a certain amount of information in it that can be measured in gigabytes. Well, a, a crystal skull has the capacity for far more information. Right, right. It's just how are we going to get the information out of those skulls, man? We're just not advanced enough yet. What information lies within the crystal skulls? <laughs> it's just like if you hold a hard drive in your hand, you can't physically get the information off. That doesn't mean that there's nothing on the hard right. drive. You just need the other 12 hard drives. You need to put them in a circle. You need to... <laughs> You need to plug them into something. You may need more than a circle. Right. <laughs> you may need the rest of the equipment to allow you to read the crystal skulls. Uh, Maybe a microfiche reader. I don't right, know. Right, right. Well, they implied that all you just got to do is get them together. A meeting of the minds, as it were. Well, and one of the things that we've brought up before is that it's entirely possible that there was some kind of technology happening that has since been lost. Right whether it's been hidden deeper in the pyramid than some lady could reach, <laughs> or maybe it was made of something biodegradable, right? Right. They may have had methods of recording and storing information that we didn't have access to that colonizers may not have even recognized as a form of technology. Mm -hmm. If it's biodegradable, they wouldn't have preserved it. It just would have gone away. Speaking of technology and using it in reference to something like crystal skulls, one of my favorite things when I'm reading weirdo stuff is when they refer to esoteric, strange objects and like magical techniques as being technology. I really enjoy that. If it's doing something that extends your personal abilities, then it's technology. Right, right. I have been reading recently something they were referring to as technology, these spell bowls from, like, very, very long ago, like, BC times, right? And so this predates occult ideas of, like, binding things in the circle. Like, in the movies, you know, you draw the thing on the floor, and you get a demon and you have him trapped in a circle. Like, that's the stereotype, right? Mm-hmm. 
But this technology was something that was developed in the era before our own. And what they would do, the technology that existed before those floor circles was these bowls. And they would draw a picture of whatever it was that they were trying to control. Like whatever personified thing that they were trying to control. Like a demon or whatever the heck, right? They would draw it on the bottom of the bowl and then write words in a spiral around inside the bowl that would trap it inside the bowl. But they were so popular that they had bowls made that had these demon guys in them and had the text around them, but the text was like just wiggles, like little shitty wiggles, like like they weren't even letters or words written in any kind of language. It was just scribbles and squiggles, and they would sell the bowls to people who couldn't read. <laughs> <laughs> So it looked like it was writing to them Mm -hmm. because they were illiterate. But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, would it matter if they believed it was a prayer? Then it was, wasn't it? Well, if what you need is you need a consciousness interacting with it and you need a consciousness who is consciously believing that they have a ward against an entity or a force... If that is what you actually need to change what happens, then then yes, it would be the same. Right. If the intent and the meditative act of writing the words in the spiral of the bowl, you still have to have the meditative attention if you're making squiggles, right? Because that's, I mean, it's not, it's not easy even if you're not writing words. Yeah, and if the act of creating it is mediated by consciousness and you're still putting the conscious aspect into it, and then if you're using it, and that is also mediated by consciousness, then it seems as though it would work the same. And if you want a practical example of something mediated by consciousness that has physical effects in the real world, you can look at placebos. Right. A placebo is a pill whose effect is created by consciousness. If you can think yourself into being healed... This is a known and measured effect. Mm -hmm. This effect is so strong, in fact, that you can know you're being given a placebo. The placebo effect works if your doctor literally gives you a pill and says, this is a placebo. It tricks you into feeling better. When you take it, you will feel better, but only because your mind will make it so. And you take it and you go, this is stupid. Here's my placebo pill. Right. It still works. Right. It still works even if you know it's a placebo. So what is the difference between a bowl inscribed with squiggles and a pill that you know doesn't work, that your doctor knows doesn't work, but when you take it, has physical effects on right. you? I mean, it's obvious that consciousness interacts with the way the world works in ways that we don't understand. But to say that it doesn't is not accurate. I think it's very easy to look at something like a crystal skull and say that's a neat sculpture, but it doesn't do anything. It may not do anything on its own. It may do something when it interacts with consciousness. Right, right. So what evidence do we have that the crystal skulls are real and they are true? Anna Mitchell Hedges lived until she was 100 And she said the reason she lived so long is because of the crystal skull. She said it improved her health and longevity and kept her in healthy physical condition and also communicated to her whenever there was problems around that she needed to keep an eye on. Okay. So she claims that's how she got to be 100. I mean, remains to be seen. 
Well, I mean, she did. She didn't die an early, horrible death. Right, which is what you would think if someone was plundering, right? <laughs> so, I'm, I mean, in my mind, you would need to overwhelm the bad karma you get from plundering on top of just enchanting you to have a long life right? to right. begin with. So, yeah. Right. So, also, there were visitors to Anna Mitchell Hedges' house who claimed that the skull healed their ailments. And they said that it communicated with them with human voices. And there were other people who claimed to see an aura glowing from inside of the skull. And some people even said that they saw moving images like a film inside the skull. Wow, okay. And so they were getting visions of the past and future. They saw visions of rituals performed under giant pyramids. They received images of planetary history and the continents moving and shifting and uh visions of a great flood and some people said they saw aliens in the skull that is a lot of different shit i mean it's a crystal skull you can watch whatever you want on that bitch (laughs) (laughs) it's not like a picture book (laughs) (laughs) there was another owner of a crystal skull named joanne parks of houston who obtained a skull from a tibetan healer named norbu chen And he said that he obtained the skull from a Guatemalan shaman and passed it on to this woman to help her with her daughter's cancer. And they had the skull at her house in storage for several years. And then she started having dreams about it. And in the dreams, the skull kept on asking her to be removed from storage so it could help people. And she removed it and claimed that the skull revealed that it came from a civilization thousands of years ago, but more advanced than yours. And the skull told her it was capable of interdimensional travel. That's a talky skull. That that is a lot to take in at once. Yeah, she really laid it out there for you. I appreciate Joanne. She seems messy. So I think if you let your mind's eye create the picture of a lady at some point in Houston, Texas, just standard America, Mm -hmm. very regular America. I don't know. I got a crystal skull from Norby Chan. He said I was going to take care of my daughter's cancer. (laughs) I imagine people in Texas to be the same as people in Ohio. (laughs) That's what someone in Ohio would sound like. Yeah. And that's absolutely, in my mind's eye, that's the, the average Texan, same as... Well, av- Fran said av- that her child got cured of cancer by the skull from Norby Chan. <laughs> <laughs> so sure, getting the skull and then it's like such a, a normal thing to just like chuck it in your closet. Just like maybe wrap it up in a, in a plaid blanket. Sure. Just put it up on the top shelf. Get it out of here. In an old Nike box. Who wants a cool-ass crystal skull in their house? That's for weirdos. And if you're really, if you're an organizational freak, you can get a Sharpie and write skull on the box. (laughs) That's what I would do. (laughs) Remember when I used to keep my weed in a jar that had a label on it that said weed? (laughs) It was a lot cheekier before we went to the weed store and bought weed. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, it it doesn't hit the same anymore. Yeah. It's not as funny. (laughs) I like that she got a message that the skull was from thousands of years ago in a civilization more advanced than Houston in the 20th century. (laughs) Yeah, their crystal skulls suck. What evidence do we have that these skulls are not real? Well, nothing is real, first off. Second off, (laughs) 
Skulls were a recurring motif in pre-Columbian iconography, but Mesoamerican skulls were almost always carved out of basalt and were crude. So they're saying that the skulls are too nice compared to the other skulls these guys were making. In addition, quartz was rarely used in pre-Columbian artifacts, and no crystal skulls had ever been found in any documented archaeological excavations. Except for the guy. Yeah, Mitchell Hedges. Mitchell Hedges was that that fucking excavation, and he took that skull and brought it home. Of course you didn't know about it. He snuck it. He got it from somewhere. He took it. That's why you guys didn't know about it. <laughs> the surface of the suspect skulls have etch marks on them. And they say that this is evidence that they were made with rotary wheels and hard abrasives, which only appeared after the Spanish conquest of Mexico. Okay. So this is what I was talking about earlier when we were talking about the written narrative and when we were talking about one person can just put something out. One of the difficulties you have, if you ever look into anything mysterious, paranormal, extra-dimensional, something reputed to have powers, maybe something that exhibits telepathy, you look into aliens, you look into cryptids, weird artifacts, things that shouldn't be there, things that look too old. Mm -hmm. What happens is... People will ponder this and literally one person will say, oh, I looked at it and it's not real. And everybody will believe that guy. Right. This is why the idea of debunking is so very popular because all you have to do to be an expert is to point at anything that exists that people don't have a full knowledge of and say, oh, that's not real. I could tell from looking at it. It's not real. And then without a second opinion and without any kind of, you know, exhaustive proof, people will all accept that. And then the Wikipedia entry, you know what? If you found a a magical crystal orb and it glowed all colors of the rainbow, including some you had never seen before. And every time you touched it, your dick grew by an inch. <laughs> the Wikipedia article would start, the magic crystal orb was fake shit that people lied about. <laughs> right, right. Well, the British Museum has some crystal skulls, and they have them labeled as being made in like the 18th or 19th century. And they claim that they are made by jewelers like lapidary guys okay now obviously the british museum is not going to be like these are interdimensional crystal skulls here to cure you of all of your ills and communicate with you telepathically (laughs) view its crystal form and see the past and present of the human race as well as the future (laughs) but (laughs) their story that they were created by a jeweler from Germany or somewhere in Europe is ludicrous to me. How would they have scattered those skulls all over the whole world? Like, that seems like quite a fanciful scam. A very fanciful hoax, right? It seems like a lot of effort for people who did not care about the crystal skulls until they showed up, right? (laughs) And we're talking about 1924. Right. Who's going to make a crystal skull that involved and beautiful and then send it to... Mexico somehow, the Yucatan Peninsula somehow, mm-hmm. and hide it for some guy to go find it. Seems like a lot of effort. And for what payoff for him to hide it in his house until he's dead? <laughs> 
how would a Tibetan healer have one? Right. It's just, okay, it's 2023. You can get something made and commissioned that is a fake of something. You can have it commissioned and they'll mail you 144 of them in a shipping container. They'll float across the ocean. They'll drop them off at your house. And you put them on Etsy. Right. And you're like, this is some mysterious shit on Etsy. Right. That's 2023. We're talking 99 years ago, 1924. You can't do that. Right. If you're a jeweler in Germany and you even wanted to get something to England, it would be a whole process. If you're in England, you're not going to know what some guy in Germany's fucking doing. Right, right. This was the explanation, by the way, is that all of them were made in a certain region of Germany where there were people good at cutting jewelry, mm-hmm. right? And again, this is quartz. This is not cutting diamonds. Right. You don't need to have something amazing to do this. You can do it with the naked eye because it's five inches tall. That's bigger than an apple. Right, right. And so what you have is you have this interesting story with all these different reports of things that have happened. You have somebody who's lived to 100. You have people in the early 20th century claiming that they saw an entire film inside of a crystal skull. People saying that they saw aliens. They saw a great flood. By the way, is coming. (laughs) It's true. That is going to be here. I don't have a year for it, but wait. I mean, it always shows up. Great flood always comes back. So all of these mysterious stories, are they are they worth talking about and thinking about? Are they worth asking yourself, how would this happen? Are there things we don't know about reality? Is this maybe a peek behind a curtain for a play none of us have ever seen? Right, right. Or did a guy in Germany create this hoax and do it on purpose and then one guy figured it out because he could tell from looking at the pixels? Right. We'll never know. So what we have is this great equivocation, which is usually expressed today as my ignorance is equal to your truth. But in this case is, you know, people having rich stories, rich histories, mysterious artifacts, tales of travel and intrigue, which are balanced by one Wikipedia article editor, uh, which are balanced by one Wikipedia editor saying, one guy said it was fake once, so therefore I'm editing your shit. Right, right. Nuh-uh. So what do you think about the crystal skulls on a scale of one to ten? Do you believe in the power of the skulls? Well, before I give you my ranking, we're going to do what we always do. Hop on in the Discord, the current Ep Chat channel on Discord. We have a dozen channels on there featuring varied discussions and content. If you haven't hit it up yet, it's patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity. Give us your score of what you think after hearing the evidence. I'm going to give this a four, Natalie. And as much as I don't believe that one guy could necessarily look at it and solve the problem for all time and say, hey, this is not real. I also don't necessarily believe that what people think is happening is actually happening. Could they be brought together either from disparate locations on Earth or, as you suggested, possibly from 12 different planets? Right. (laughs) Could they be brought together and used as some sort of information device that stores 
some sort of future plan for humanity, sort of like uh, an interdimensional version of the Georgia Guidestones. Maybe we could hook them all up and it'll just say, drink your Ovaltine. Right. But I do think that it is entirely possible that a culture created this a very long time ago. I think it may not have been created by the Mesoamericans. I think it may have been created by whatever culture preceded them, right. even. Right. And they found this fucking crazy crystal head, and of course they put it in a special place. Let me tell you something. If I'm digging in the yard and I find something that is super advanced technology... I'm putting it somewhere special. Yeah. Right. Like I said, I'm building a little free library box out in the yard, <laughs> and I'm putting it in there until we figure out if it's cursed. That's right, all. Right, right, I'll put a padlock on it. Nobody else can take it, but nobody touch it also. Right, exactly. I think it's incredibly possible also for something like this to facilitate people's own interactions with the universe. You can have something that causes you to interact with things around you in a different way. Just experiencing the power of art, of a different culture from yours, from long away, and knowing that you are not an island, you are not occupying the only spot in history that has culture and art, mm -hmm. but that you are just the latest motherfucker to walk on the earth where billions before you have done better things. Right. It changes the way you look at things. It changes your interaction with the world. When you stare into this crystal artifact, this could be like a scrying mirror. Yeah, absolutely. When, when you look into this structure that is reflecting and refracting, and you got to keep in mind, this is not a, a little simple sculpture. You know, the teeth are really cleanly outlined mm -hmm. and delineated. And so there are really complex reflections going on in there. And then when you think about they dug this out in 1924, we're talking about people sitting around a table by candlelight, mm -hmm. by oil lamp. Right. Right? So once you've got this low light, these flickering lights, there's no telling what you see in there, right? Because you can go to the prison out here, the abandoned prison, in the dark. When they shut the lights off, there's no light outside. There's no light inside. You walk through. It's pure darkness. You see weird shit. Because mm -hmm. that's what happens when it's dark. So if you have an experience in a room with different people and you have a conscious experience and it changes you and it changes the way you interact with the world, that's an experience you had and that's real. Right. It doesn't mean that you had to connect to another galaxy. It doesn't mean that you didn't connect to another galaxy right, either. Right, exactly. And maybe the other galaxy was inside of yourself all along. So what do you think now? I'm going to give it a three. I don't have enough juicy, meaty stories of the great feats that these skulls have done for me to score it higher than that. But I do like a good skull. I admit that the crystal skulls were very dope looking if i saw one i'm sure i would feel like i was under his power i would be like man i need to get a skull like that i need one of those right mm -hmm. this the glowing crystal skull it would be captivating to me and i would want to possess it so yeah i believe that you know that was very cool also i went into this story hoping for more meat but like i said there was not enough meat for me to to score it higher but i don't necessarily believe that it would have been jewelers in germany doing it that seems like a lot of like eurocentrist like bullshit to 
me. Absolutely. The idea that, well, this couldn't possibly be done by a primitive civilization. It had to be done by the Germans. Right, right. Like, in Germany, in the early 1900s, do you really think the people were sitting around being like, yes, let's spend a very much amount of time and money and effort to make these crystal skulls and scatter them across the planet, perhaps in the Yucatan Peninsula, <laughs> maybe in Tibet. <laughs> and then we will cross our fingers that everyone shall find them and bring them together. Then we will say it was us. We are truly the superb jewelers of Europe. <laughs> Like, if they had, like, if they were going for something with this that hasn't really panned out yet, right? Like, what was the point? There yeah, was no what, motive. What is the motive? Right. We're still talking about this mystery. It's still a mystery. So, whether or not it's real, the debunking explanation makes no sense at all. Right, exactly. It's fine for us to say, I don't know. I just wish that people could just say, I don't know. You don't have to say... No, that's not real. I can see the little scratch marks. That's like a toothbrush. It was just some guy with his toothbrush. And he, he did it in about 15 minutes. My brother made one. You don't have to be like that. But you also don't have to be like, oh, yes, I believe in the magic of the crystal skulls and I've been healed. Like, there's a middle ground where you could be like, I don't know. They're cool. I don't know. They're cool, though. Right? It's okay to not know. It's okay to not know. And, you know, it's just like buying a lottery ticket. The possibilities... The future that lays before you is infinitely more interesting than the inevitable conclusion. Right, exactly. That's a, I think that's a great metaphor also. Like, you can enjoy the feeling of having something mysterious that you don't understand, that feels mystical, and just use it as a way of thinking about the world and how the universe works. You do not need to know. Because someone will come along and tell you it's not real and then destroy all of your internal dialogue you're having about it. Just, like, enjoy it. It's fine. And it's fine if you don't know. And mysteries are fine. If mysteries were not good, they wouldn't be, like, one of the main genres of books. People love mysteries. Just let them have a mystery. You don't have to have an answer for everything. Absolutely. The end. Well, Natalie, do you know who loves a good mystery? Corey Grella. She's mysterious also. I don't know anything about her except for the fact that she sells insurance and she's number one. I mean, she's actually really easy to find. <laughs> she's the number one life insurance salesperson in Alaska. Right. I bet you they got crystal skulls up there, too, though. They're probably frozen. You have to ice wait. Ice a... crystals. Oh, ice crystal skulls? Yeah. Like as a treat? Yes. You lick them. I don't know. Ask Corey if you need life insurance or an edible crystal skull <laughs> that's made of ice. Hit up Corey Grella. I'm sure she could tell you about either one of those things. Right, right. You know where I found my crystal skull? Where's that? Harlem Township. In the ditch. You found it in the ditch. And that <laughs> is just a great example of what makes Harlem Township a fantastic place to be if you're in central Ohio. Great drainage. You might say, oh, you know, they've got a Hoover Dam, they've got a giant reservoir. Uh, you know, it's on the glacial till plain. You know, the glaciers receded and left the flat land behind. Whenever it rains, it's probably just going to hang around. No, ditch. Ditch. It's in the ditch, baby. Great drainage. Great people. In the ditch. Harlem Township. Harlem Township. Thanks again to Corey Grella and Harlem Township for sponsoring us. If you'd like to sponsor Garbage Brain University and Everything is Real, hit up patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity to become a sponsor. Thanks again for listening. And remember, everything is real. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs>